0: I'm Anders Brownworth, and we have Scott Barstow here as well. Uh, Scott, who are you? What, do you? what do you do?
1: I am the founder of a company called Rocket Hanger. Uh, we're focused primarily on mobile and geolocation technologies, and uh, also passionate about a number of other things that have nothing to do with technology. How about you, Anders?
0: Well, I'm the uh, VP of Research and Development at Bandwidth.com. Which means I uh, get to play with a lot of interesting toys, and uh, I don't uh, I don't really have uh, all that much in the way of <laughs> the way of direction. So I can I can am free to look at a whole bunch of different technologies and and play with stuff. And mostly lately, that's been uh, GSM research and been um, uh, stuff having to do with uh, you know mobile networks and uh... you know voip in general and been doing some mobile application development iphone android uh... apps stuff like that so i'm kind of all over the place so uh... so i figured i figured we ought to get together and uh... because uh... i think uh... you know between the two of us there's probably some some very interesting uh... directions we could go and, and stuff we could talk about so um, that said, what we've done is uh, I've I've listed down a couple of points. We're supposed to keep it to two. I have to admit that uh, I, I I didn't I didn't follow the rule. Um, I hope uh, I hope Scott has because uh, if not, this is going to be a very long half hour podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure I followed the rules. You do. Wow. Yeah. See that's. That's, I don't think that's in my playbook. Um, <laughs> well, do you want? Why, why don't you? Uh, why don't you launch us off, Scott? Tell me. Tell me what All we're right. talking about. What's going on? <laughs> so here? So
1: I've been thinking about this: the the notion of privacy as it pertains to location-based services. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what I mean by that is, um, if you're carrying a smartphone and you're using GPS, uh, you're you're essentially um, giving permission for the world to know, or at least everybody that needs to know, to know where you are, and <clears throat> I guess my what I've been uh, thinking about is this idea that, first of all, is privacy is the concept of privacy an illusion altogether? If you're on the net, or if you're on the if you're on the internet at all, is there really the concept of privacy? And if there isn't. Is the is the advent of the mobile phone and the prevalence of the smartphone with GPS and all of that functionality is that the last stake in the heart of privacy as we know it?
0: Interesting. I I think uh, uh, you know you're you're certainly onto something. I always keep thinking back to. Uh, you know 1984 and how how every you know Big Brother is gonna be looking over your shoulder and we all kind of collectively decided that that was probably a bad idea we all got Macintoshes and then we we didn't do that Um, but in the last uh, you know basically since the Internet became commonplace that's been eroding away in favor of things like really convenient search like uh, Google uh, and 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 you know just just the convenience of of keeping your friends up to date with with Facebook and you know basically in the name of convenience you've you've eroded away privacy and so you you bring up this great point because you know now we we're all carrying around smartphones and they all have GPS but i would I would say like think about we've we've carried cell phones around for pretty much as long as there's been, a, been an internet, uh, in uh, you know, like the popular internet, the web. Um, roughly about the same time, they kind of came together at the same time. We kind of became mass uh, uh, things at the same time. So the, the phone companies, even though the phones of old didn't have GPS in them, you could still tell where they were via the network side. Like for example you you have three different uh, cell towers, and you you hear a signal coming out of one phone and you hear it first at one of the towers and then at another tower and then at another you can you can figure out you know make little circles around each tower and then find where all those circles uh, intersect, and that's pretty close to where that guy is so this has been a possibility for a long time it's only now that location is is uh being you know filtering down into the app world or up into the app world and uh you know entities like google are using it that's suddenly become this new thing so yeah i think this is a very valid point uh do you think we've crossed like fulcrum
1: well i think the as i've been thinking about it uh, I had a couple of thoughts and and the first one is, do people really understand, does the average user really understand <clears throat> when they are enabling GPS on their phone? I think everybody tends to think of it as, well, I'm getting this great service because I've enabled, so whether that I'm driving around in my car um, and Google Maps is telling me where to go <clears throat> or I'm using you know Foursquare and it's telling me what uh, what's around me and where I can check in and where my friends are. I think everybody thinks about the benefit of those services and rightly so, but they don't think about what they're enabling uh, by doing so. So if so, what are they enabling? Well, I think what they're enabling is um, you know if, if there if there are nefarious uh, you know I guess. Uh, data gathering entities on the net, which I think we all can acknowledge that there are, um, then you're enabling those organizations, be they government or, or even an organization like Google or Foursquare, you're enabling those organizations to know exactly where you are, while you've got that application open. <clears throat> and I think the, the, there's certainly positives in that. Um, but I, it, as I was thinking about what we would talk about today, I started thinking about well, you know, is that do people really understand what they're enabling and the amount of data that they're giving up? And I think yeah. to your point about Facebook, <clears throat> I think that most people, uh, at least anybody that's 25 or 30 and younger, is very comfortable with li- uh, with living a much more public lifestyle <clears throat> than somebody that's you know in an older generation. So I think that. Um, people are growing up with the idea that everything that they do is public. And so in that regard, I think it's probably okay. Um, and as you said, there's really nothing new to uh, at least the phone company knowing where you are. Um, and and by extrapolation, I think we could say that you know if the government wanted to know where you are, they could certainly figure that out as well. Um, so I, I started to think about uh, after i had this idea, I started thinking about just like we have s s l for encrypting my web traffic is yeah. there is there a parallel to be drawn in the g p s world where um i want <clears throat> i want to enable certain applications to know where i am but i yeah. don't but i don 't want that information necessarily made public to um you know, to uh, Is there a way, is there essentially an SSL technology for GPS that allows me to have more control over who sees what I'm doing?
0: Yeah, see, this, this brings up, a. am glad you brought that up. It's an interesting point. I'm, I've, uh, you get an iPhone and you get an app and you just, you know, you, basically you're, the only option you have is whether or not this app sends you notifications. You get, you go, you pop open your your, you know, Android phone, your your Google phone, the Google phone thing they have, and uh, your options are basically yes or no to this app. It it has access to your contact list. It has access to listen to your phone calls. It has access to your location. Yada yada yada, like sixteen different things. I'm sitting there saying, well. How come I can't say yeah to pretty much all of these things, but no, you can't listen in on my phone calls, and no, you can't see where I am, or, or some broad control across the entire device that allows me to lock down the apps and say the apps can't tell where I am except for this one right now, so I can use my little you know maps app, but you know Foursquare can't say where I am if they have something running in the background.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> and I think the other uh, to kind of so I don't have I don't have an answer for this question but I think there's yeah. an interesting uh you know people at least need to be thinking about it and um there's a I I read an article a while back about this idea of abandoning privacy as a goal on the internet at all. Yeah. Um and rather um <clears throat> everything that you do uh essentially having to be signed by you. So everything that you do is uh, everybody knows who you are wherever you go, and as a result of that, there isn't the the systems that are preying on those that you know are willfully giving up their inform or unwillfully giving up their information. I should say whether it's phishing or you know these other things that yeah. tend to breach privacy <clears throat> at the individual user level. You know, is there a way to make some of those things go away if the internet is no longer considered an anonymous domain, but rather, um, you know, anywhere I go, I am providing credentials about who I am. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh,
0: well, I I got one more thing on that. So, so it would be great to have some sort of a, uh, uh, you know, you know, gatekeeper of some sort. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's encryption, but there's gotta be, there's not a gatekeeper there I don't think and and here's there's another way around it like I can just take my little radio and put an antenna up on my building and put one on a couple more buildings uh, you know or not and just listen and see what cell phones are walking around and infer given the time of arrival and the strength of the signal even just to begin with how far away they are and kind of where they are and I can look at them individually because they all have numbers I don't know that that number refers to you, Scott, specifically yet, but I could infer that over time just by listening. So there is, to some degree, no control over this. Like, I hear what you're saying, and the other, the other question is, like, well, what practically, what does that mean? What does losing my privacy, you know, mean? Obviously, if I have a bank account, I don't want to be giving out my, my account number and password but uh, by the same token, you see some people that are you know, maybe did some not so uh, not so uh, nice things in in uh, college, and now they're trying to get a job, and uh, all of those Facebook fix- pictures come back to haunt them. Um, so that's a relatively innocuous, but it certainly does hit you somewhat in the in the pocketbook um, when you're trying to get a job. So but what else is there? Like what's the big, You know, somebody's going to steal everything from my house because they realize I'm I'm in uh, you know Italy somewhere or or, on a trip.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that stuff. So you know, there's precautions that you take now. Um, So when you travel, at least when I travel anywhere that's away from home, I typically don't announce where I am. Yeah. Um, And that has uh, there are several reasons for that. Number one is if somebody's paying attention and it's just me gone i don't want somebody knowing that i'm not at home but yeah. my the rest of my family still is and i think so there's those kind of concerns i think the what what i was saying is it's not it's not the necessarily the loss of privacy that that this article is advocating but it is rather the loss of anonymity
0: yeah
1: um which are obviously two very different things and um, and I'm wondering, uh, kind of going back to the GPS thing and, you know, every, uh, and these systems becoming much more aware of who you are and where you are, um, you know, have we lost it anyway? And if we have, if we've lost the concept of privacy, is there <clears throat> is there the case to be made that um, rather we should not treat anyone as anonymous, but rather – I should have to assert and identify who I am at all times. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I hear
0: what you're saying, but I'm getting freaked out. So uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's time to <laughs> move on. Maybe we should move on. Yeah. Um so uh so uh I, I know you've heard about this. The uh the, you know, years what was it? Like um maybe it was 2008 or or something, maybe 2009. Not not long ago. Uh this little company called Cisco Bought this little company called uh, Flip, or I, actually, I don't know what the name of the company is. They came up this, the, with the Flip camcorder thing, though. Mm-hmm. Dealy Whopper, whatever it is. Little Flip, do you have one of these Flip devices? You've seen these things, right?
1: I've seen it, but I don't have one now.
0: I, do, you know, do, do do I never wanted one? Is that just no. me? my crazy?
1: No, I didn't want one yeah. either. I felt like they were, uh, you know, I don't I don't buy things generally that uh, are that that, uh, don't provide me with lots of interesting capabilities. And I think the, the thing about the flip was, you know, it did one thing, which was record yeah. video. You couldn't zoom, you couldn't do, you know, there's a bunch of things you couldn't do that I felt like I would always want to do.
0: Yeah. So, well, I, so for me, it was always like, well, the flip was, it's kind of like the point and shoot camera segment. It's sort of disappearing, you know, as, as, uh, smartphones get better and better cameras, um, you know, sort of like an SLR will always have a better camera. So that's, you always have a better lens, better glass, that type of thing. So I think it's, that's kind of always going to be a segment, but smartphones are, you know, pretty much taking over the, the single purpose devices like this flip thing and like a GPS, you know, your little Garmin GPS thing, you know, like a, like an Android phone with, uh, with navigation is pretty darn, pretty darn good. I mean, you know, it's got, like, it'll show you satellite views and street views and, like, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a step ahead of uh, some of the older uh, uh, Garmin and TomTom type kind of special purpose things. So I hear that. Yeah. But so then, so, so, so Cisco buys this company, this little, little company, and make this thing, big consumer hit, you know, $600 million. That's, that's not chump change. That's pretty good. Or was it 590 million or something like that? It's it's high. So uh, they just uh, they just dead ended it like a couple days ago. They just end of life the whole thing, basically flushed it down the toilet because it wasn't going the direction that they wanted. And something just surfaced uh, today, or maybe last night, that today maybe it was today. I don't remember. They were going to be releasing the flip live. Which was this, uh, you know, basically a flip camcorder thing there with like, I don't know if it was Wi-Fi. It was probably Wi-Fi, some way so that you, can, you know, if you're in a Wi-Fi spot, hotspot, if you're at Starbucks, you can take a, uh, you can take a movie and broadcast it to all your friends live. Now, that's a good way to kind of keep that little segment alive for a little bit longer. But it, it felt to me like the 590 million dollar mistake. That's just Cisco doesn't want. To, I just don't think they know what they're doing in 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 the consumer. I was scared enough when they bought the the whole Linksys thing, and uh, but that seems to still be you know they still make like Linksys routers for for home. Um, yeah, yeah. I
1: think the I think the my take on that was that was similar to yours, and that I was puzzled by the acquisition um, just because Cisco's not traditionally they are not in the consumer space and they're not in consumer electronics and more importantly um, so I think it was a bit of a strange purchase but I think the what's what's also true is what you said toward the beginning, which is that I can take as good a video on my iPhone or my Android yeah. device. As those could take, and it's probably better, realistically.
0: Yeah.
1: And not only that, but I already have live streaming built in. I mean, I can do uStream from my iPhone today. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and with the with the, you know, video camera getting much better in the iPhone, and the same thing happening with all of the Android devices, at least the higher end devices, uh, I just don't see, I don't see the need for that kind of device, and obviously the marketplace didn't either. Um, I yeah. don't I don't think that they're they're just going well, to go away.
0: Well, I mean, well, I well, okay, yeah, but the, the certainly the marketplace was smiling on the flip. I mean, look at the go video thing. The yep. old GoPro or whatever it is that you put on your ski helmet and you ski off a cliff. Yep. Uh, th- these things are sound like hotcakes, like they can't keep up. So there is something. I I don't know. I don't yeah, know.
1: but I think it's for the general purpose. I thought I felt like the flip's purpose in particular was to Um, was to be a, you know, a $79 or however much they charged, um, a $79 camera that you didn't care about trashing. Yeah. Uh, so if it, it, you know, if if you dropped it, uh, yeah. You know, you just went and bought another one. It's kind of a disposable camera almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I think that's why they never spent a lot of time on yeah. all of the features. Uh, because it was this thing that look at you know, I'm at a rock concert and I'm filming this thing and the guy behind me is it
0: spills
1: you know, his beer on it. Yeah, spills his beer on it or is drunk and knocks it out of my hand or whatever, and then you just say, Oh well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so so I that wouldn't was, say oh well. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it that's was. The guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the You know, it it was it was, yeah. It certainly had a nice run. Yeah. But I think now that, in particular, now that the iPhone, um, you know, supports video and supports streaming and all of those things, um, it just seems like, uh, you know, with the prevalence of that in the community that I think would buy the flip phone, um, whether that's you know, sixteen-year-old kids or, you know, or my wife, I still feel like it's the you know they would rather if they could they'd rather just carry around one device, yeah so
0: yeah that's gonna that's basically it that's going to kill it right there, the one device yeah, yep. what else you got <clears throat> so
1: I was thinking about this idea of again going back to the location, and I've been thinking about this idea of what's important so if if we're if we're talking about the network of things which you and I heard a lot about. Um, when we were at South by Southwest
0: yeah
1: so if I've got my own personal network of things whether that's the all of the all of the iPhones in my house or my car or uh, anything that's moving uh, that I want to track I'm thinking about this idea of what what's important about my network of things and uh, you know you and I've talked a lot about this idea of being able to track things wherever they are. And so I've been thinking about, is it really important to track things wherever they are, or is it rather more important to start to be able to track things when their behavior is abnormal? So if my car is going one direction and my iPhone's going a different direction, (laughs) um, that probably means something bad is happening. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I've been, I've been, um, that's interesting. Uh, so it's, and it's, but I don't care if my car is moving and my iPhone is moving in this, in the same direction at the same time, because that means I'm in my car, Uh right. And my phone's with me. Um, but I was thinking about this idea that, you know, if, uh, one of the thing, one of the things that I find, uh, very disturbing is when I can't find my phone. Yeah. Uh, just because it's become, the only device that I truly care about. I mean, it's, it's just that important. I don't, I don't get freaked out if I can't find my car keys, but I freak out if I can't find my phone. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this, uh, you know, this idea that if I'm blowing down the road in my car um, and my phone's moving a different direction, that probably means somebody has my phone. Uh, So either I've left it at the store I was just at, and somebody's walking a different direction with it, or... Or somebody stole your car. Or somebody stole my car, right? And so I was thinking about this, the idea of a system that would not necessarily tell you where things are, but would rather um, you give it all of the devices that you're interested in and give it some rules about how those devices might interact, um, and then from there you would uh the system would essentially figure out what things are important and let you know about them
0: that's an interesting idea there's going to be you know obviously a bunch of false positives you give your wife your car your your uh you know your, your you know all those kinds of things where where it's innocuous but yep. i mean i think i mean there is a security implication in this where where that's useful when you're you know know where your car is your car is going in a different direction than your phone. Um, but not all the time that that happens. So the question is, you know, not all the time that that happens is that bad. So the question is, um, you know, do you, do the false positives make this impractical?
1: I don't know. I think that there's, if you have this idea of something that uh, can learn over time. Yeah. Um, so if something happens, so if my phone is in my wife's car, and she is also, and her phone's also in that car, you know, that's a rule where, so if that happens the first time, maybe, maybe you get an alert for that. (laughs) And then, and then you say, yeah, that's not an event I care about. Um, Uh And so it's, it figures, it learns over time what you're interested in and what you're not interested in. But this idea that you're going to, you know, as things, as the things that you have are always on and always on the network, which I think we're everybody would agree that's where we're headed. Whether it's your, you know, refrigerator in your house, which never moves, or all the things that move um, that you own, uh, it seems like there's an there's an interesting opportunity to to think about uh, coordinating the events that you care about for all of those things.
0: Yeah yeah that's that's interesting I guess the uh the the big question comes up well, what about you know what about location so my refrigerator doesn't go anywhere um you know unless I'm moving or or you know the house falls down or something i mean the fr- fridge is pretty much going to be fairly sedentary so does it have a location i mean i don't i don't know I don't know maybe um, but, a
1: fridge is a bad example, but certainly yeah. all of my Certainly, you know, you're, all, all yeah. of my family is going are going to have devices with them all the time that tell me about where they are.
0: Yeah,
1: and they're going to be not only that, but they're going to be in and out of other devices that also I want to know where those are. Um, so yeah. if my if my son is driving, you know, driving a car somewhere, I want to know where he is, and if he gets out of the car and goes somewhere, you know, I want to know. I may want to know <laughs> that he's you know a mile from the car.
0: So Maybe I that. think, yeah. The interesting thing here is that we're getting used to being able to deal with the location of people because we assume the person is with their phone. But what you're getting at is there there are non humans that whose location is important, like your car. And so if your car and your 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 phone are separated, you're either with your car and you left your phone at at uh, you know Seven Eleven, or you know, or somebody stole your car. Um, you know so uh i i i've long held and we've talked about this before long held the the opinion that there will be many 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 times more devices than people uh connected to the network and you know mobile devices be they you know UAVs or robots or or your your car keys or your car or you know, whatever. I, I think there'll just be many, many more of them than there will be people. And so I think it may take until those things have, uh, you know, nodes on the network of their own before this idea could really, you know, kind of needs, you kind of need to build It's like, you know, the field of dreams. You got to build it and see it before, before it actually works. You know, you got to have like a critical mass before this would work. But that's a really interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that
1: yeah and I think it's I think what's going to happen is um that you have that just like you have too many identities now to keep track of, and so you've got this notion of being able to log into different sites using the same identity, whether that's oauth or you know Google login or whatever the you know whatever the protocol is mm. you're also going to have you know so many devices that belong to you that you care about that i feel like there's you know there's no way you're going to keep track of them and you don't just want this constant stream of well this device is here and that device is there um you're not going to care about that what yeah. you're going to care about are things that are abnormal the so, abnormalities yeah yeah so that's very what, interesting all right so what very else you got
0: well so uh i just thinking about uh you know i'm always kicking around entrepreneurial ideas and and all this kinda thing and I sat there thinking, um, you know, the whole idea I think when you hire is to hire you know, you hire people not the skills Um, uh, you know, and, and so why like you get some, a few little tips like that from from business books but that's not why I read business books um you know, I, because all, whatever it happens, it's not like you're going to walk in there, you read a business book and realize that, you know, Steve Jobs came up with the, uh, the uh, you know, iPod and then, and then the iPhone and then, then the iPad, you know, oh, okay, so I, all I need to do is make an iPod, then an iPhone. Then, no, you know, that was in a business climate that no longer exists, you know, uh, all of the variables are kind of gone. Uh, so why are you reading that? You know why are you reading like uh, in the Plex? Is this new one about uh, the Google Kids and uh, everything that went on with uh, with uh, bringing Eric uh, Eric Schmidt on board and and you know the possibility of having Steve Jobs uh, mentor uh, the our two fearless heroes as they started that company. So, um, I, so I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I, the, you read business books because you want inspiration. You want you want to kind of, you know, get a kick in the pants. You know, it's not, there's no, you don't walk, you know, there's no takeaways. Are there takeaways? Do you get takeaways from business books?
1: I think that, uh, so this is interesting, and uh, you may or may not know that I wrote something about this very subject a couple of days ago, but I, I had this sort of mini epiphany that there <clears throat> is, uh, so I just got done reading this book called The Pixar Touch, which is about yeah. the uh, the Lassiter. kind of the yeah, it's about Lasser. Well, it's it's really about it's about Pixar from the very beginning. Um, so wow. Ed Catmull and mm-hmm. and all these guys that started the company back in uh, the seventies. I think it was the seventies in Utah, um, just trying to b- do animation on the computer. So they Utah. had wow. yeah they they had grown up. It was an interesting very interesting story and great book. Yeah. Um but these guys were uh they grew up um idolizing Disney and the cartoons and uh but wanted to put cartoons essentially, you know, make movies using cartoons but do it with digital animation instead of people drawing the animation like Disney traditionally did. Yeah. And so they spent uh you know countless years trying to figure it out and getting people to buy in that this could actually work and their big break came when uh, this uh, this guy on Long Island who had a pile of money I don't remember his name but he essentially was this eccentric ultra rich guy and found out about what they were doing and was interested in it and sponsored them for years to try and and figure out the technology and so and then it goes it evolved the book evolves uh, all the way through to you know Steve Jobs getting involved and uh, you know eventually buying the company and then um, and all of the things that happened after that and all of the drama with Disney and there, all was, a, co- there was a
0: there was a thing I saw it was a, a little documentary on iTunes um, that covered the beginnings of you know basically how how all the guys that uh, started up Pixar, uh, learned their craft. And obviously, you know, you, you, you have to be a good character animator in order to, to work there, and you can pick up computer skills. That's, that's you know, Those are attainable. Being a great artist is, is not. Uh, that's something you either have or you don't. So these guys very traditionally started up, and you know, kind of went through the whole thing. But it said nothing about Utah to my to my uh, uh, record. Yeah, it's
1: a, so these guys all there was two guys, and it was Ed Catmull and I forget the other guy's name. But anyway, they started at the University of Utah. Um, huh. They were graduate students there, and that's where the whole thing started. Huh. <clears throat> but back to your back to your question, I think the what so you read a book like that and you think, wow, these guys you know spent years you know, figuring out how to make this thing work. Eventually they got in front of the right people and, you know, and the magic happened. I mean, there's no company like Pixar in any, in the history of commerce. I mean, it's just, it's a one of a kind um, and others, you know, DreamWorks has tried to copy them. They're not as good. And, and so I guess the, when I read books like that and I try to spend, so I've gotten away from the the books that say, you know, how to do this in three easy steps or how to do that in, you know, six months, you can do this. And yeah. um, so Where's I've gotten the- away from those and rather focused on what you just talked about, which is this idea of, you know, I read these books to be inspired that it can – that you, your ideas matter. Yeah. <laughs> And you may not have the next, pe- you know, the next Pixar or the next Apple. I mean, the guys that figure those things out are, you know, once in a once in a blue moon kind of guys. Whether it's the iPhone or all of Apple's creations, or you know, Bill Gates with all of his all of the things he did at Microsoft, or those people are, you know, those people come along once or you know, once in a generation.
0: I don't. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I think the that those people are all over the place, and it's really the uh, a, a collusion of great people with really just ripe circumstances
1: well, yeah, if you read um, you know Malcolm Gladwell's book uh what's the name of it uh, gosh, tipping point no, not tipping point I'm an idiot. I'll tell you in a second
0: yeah, you know. I mean I, the question is how how plentiful these people are. I guess they're, you know. I guess I don't know, but I I don't think they are they are rare rare rare. I think they are there. And there's only, you know, the lightning strikes when you get that person in in the position that Bill Gates was in or in the position that Steve Jobs was in with this, right. you know. Well,
1: so so yeah so the book was outliers outliers yeah yeah yeah. and so he basically makes that point that it's not he talks about hockey players and what makes what makes uh you know the average hockey player into a professional hockey player and there's all these statistics about birth date and that it's not accidental (laughs) um and he says the same thing about bill gates in that the story of bill gates while romantic is really not that romantic he had parents that gave him an opportunity to get involved at a computer lab, you know, that was right down the street from him. And he actually, you know, he had opportunity and took advantage of the opportunity and others may have had the same opportunity, but didn't see it. Um, and so I think the, I guess my point is in, in all of this is that I think that there were probably lots of people trying to figure out how to do animation with computers the yeah. uh, the guys at Pixar, you know whether it was this guy uh, on Long Island that actually, uh, you know, befriended them and funded the whole thing. I mean, they got breaks that others didn't, and they might be, you know, they might be better storytellers. You know, Steve Lassner might be a better storyteller <laughs> than than you know the guy than the guy at DreamWorks who was his equivalent. Yeah, <clears throat> but the but the reality is that these guys had. You know they had an opportunity and they took advantage of it, and they worked like heck and I think that's the when I read business books now, I look for or when I'm looking for books, I think that's the kind of story that I'm looking for, and it's not to say, okay well i you know I need to think about how I could build the next iPhone because, as you said, that market that opportunity came and went, yeah um and now everyone else is trying to play catch up uh, but that's not the the game changers are the guys that see something that didn't exist before. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, you know, whether you're one of those kinds of people or not, um, you know, yeah. you, there's only one way to find that out, I think. And that's to just, you know, try your ideas out in the marketplace. And, you know, some of them are going to stink. Most of them will stink. Um, but the you might have that, you know, that moment where, uh, you know everything comes together, and you're right in the you're right in the middle of it, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I uh, you know yeah, yeah that's yeah that's a good point. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's that whole thing. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, people are lately. Like, there's that whole thing in uh, uh, in business circles where you know look forward to your failures. You know, don't be afraid to fail. Look forward to your failures. A, I'm sorry, like I don't. I, it, failing, failing sucks. It's just like, you know, I know you learn, but I look forward to the win. Yeah. I, it seems like, you know, you, I, you read a couple of business books, you talk to a couple of people that are kind of, you know, embrace your failure. Yeah. You know, there's a good thing there. You do have to do that. You do have to kind of realize that, you know, one in 10 is a good, a good batting average. Uh, but, um, man i just don't want to think about it that way
1: no i think you the, the only way it works is if you think okay the next one is it yeah you know, you or think, next,
0: yeah or the, the next yeah the next one's a really good idea
1: yeah um and yeah, if it's not and i think that you know what i've realized over the last two or three months is that you've got to you know and you there's there's value in spending the time to think about you know not only is this Okay, interesting to me, but will anybody else care about it? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the that's the question that you've got to be able to answer yes to before um, before it will before it will matter to you know matter to lots of people. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think the, the business book thing, um, you know, I think there's as much to learn in. I just got done reading a really good book about uh, the war in Afghanistan. Um, and I think there's as much to you know there's as much to learn in those books about business as there is in you know Guy Kawasaki's book about uh, you know how to smile with your eyes or whatever. so <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so I think that's yeah. the yeah I think the the you I well, read so. to be ins- I, I read to be inspired and yeah. and I think that you know the the people that are writing those books are the people that have, you know, for the most part, are guys that have gone out, been really successful and they're writing books about what they did. And that's, it's interesting from a history perspective about what happened. It's interesting to read about the story of Pixar, but you're not going to build the next Pixar. Um, You're not going to compete with them. They are a juggernaut. They've won. Um, And the only way they lose is if, (laughs) the only way that that company loses is if, they get either lazy, or they don't have this. Uh, you know, going back to your question of hiring, they don't hire the right people going forward. They don't have the right people in charge, um, and the, uh, the or the culture changes. Or so they, if they don't do it to themselves, you know, it's just such a fantastic company that you know, for if you and I said, well, let's go, you know, we're going to go compete with Pixar, that would be suicide. Yeah. So, but what it does do is say. Look, these guys had a dream. They had, you know, they had something that they felt was going to be was going to happen. They had lots it, of they had lots of people that told them they were crazy uh and they turned out to be right.
0: Man, it did. Yeah. So, next time what we got to talk about is uh in light of the iPhone and Android, what Microsoft should do. Yep. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right, so All right. wait. So there's one other thing. So, uh, so what's the movie? We got it. Here's the deal. This is what I'm springing this on you. You don't know anything about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, um, I think we should, uh, you know, uh, we, should, uh, we should watch a movie uh, and, uh, and we, should, uh, we should discuss the art of it. Okay. Um, I'm going to suggest the, uh, the uh, Indiana Jones trilogy to start. We start okay. with the, uh, the first one, the movie there about the, uh, the arc. Is that uh-huh. the first one? Raiders? Raiders is the it, first one, right? It is. 1981? Yeah. 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 So I think what we do is we watch that, and then we after we're done with, uh, with uh, we're talking about the, the news, news items of the day, we, uh, we, we, we talk about the film, um, because okay. I don't think people are making film like that. I, they, I don't think. I know. They're not. Yeah, and that yeah. was an amazing movie. <laughs>
1: Like yeah, it. yeah the uh, the art of the art of both excellent TV and excellent movies uh, has certainly gone yeah, away.
0: Just gone off a cliff. Anyway, topics for next time. Yep, it will be good. All right, are we done? I think we're yep, done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. All right. All right. Till next time. Yep. Bon voyage. Adios.